and welcome to the Common Good Podcast, the podcast that showcases the very best of Glasgow Caledonian University and how the institution, its staff and its research benefits people and communities, both at home and overseas. My name is Craig Telfer and today I am joined by Rebecca Meakin, a student communications assistant, to talk about the Climate Group's Young Leaders Development Programme and why she has chosen to take part in this award-winning initiative. Rebecca, it's fantastic to be speaking to you today. Thank you very much for joining me. No, thank you. It's lovely to be here. Excellent. I think this is a, a really important initiative and I'm really looking forward to getting your thoughts on it. So we'll start by looking at the course itself, Rebecca. What is the Young Leaders Development Programme? So the course is basically a programme that young people under 25, if that's what young comes under, <laughs> uh, they apply to the course and basically the focus is to equip people with more knowledge about climate change and how we can make changes ourselves to live a more sustainable lifestyle and how we can show leadership to encourage those around us to do the same. That's excellent, Rebecca. Why did you choose to take part in this initiative? The funny thing is I was actually promoting this on our GCU Student Life channels for students to actually apply for. So I got an email about it and I was typing up a little blurb about it uh, Mm. to try and encourage students to take part. And obviously as I was reading it, I was thinking this actually sounds quite interesting. And I'd say over the past maybe year or so, I have taken a bit of an interest towards climate change, living more sustainably and sort of making changes in my own personal lifestyle to reduce waste and yeah be more sustainable so I just decided why not like I was eligible to apply for it so I did did not have much confidence at all that I would be accepted or even hear back considering I don't have any much actual educational background in climate change or environmental management or any of that sort of thing so yeah when I was told that I got accepted for it I was I was pretty surprised (laughs) I was almost a bit like well why why do you want me on this (laughs) That's really interesting. There are a lot of things that you said there that I want to ask you about, but I suppose the, the, the first one is, what was the application process like? What did you have to do to join the programme? So it was just an online form. Um, so there wasn't any interviews. There wasn't any like official interviews or conversations with anyone. The, the company are actually trying to make it really accessible for everyone to take part. Um, so all I had to do was really write a bit of a personal statement about my personal interest towards the subjects, give a little bit of an explanation about what I want from the course, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure we'll chat about as well. But yeah, that was it. It was pretty simple. It was just an application online. And then I got an email to say that I'd been accepted. Um, and then it's going to be starting. I've, I've already done my induction. My, my, my first module starts this Saturday and it will be running in a course of like modules on a Saturday online um, every so often. So not every Saturday. Uh, there's going to be like six modules in total. So the, the first couple will be online, like virtually in a Zoom on a Saturday. And then from next year, hopefully I will get the chance to actually go to some modules in person because I think that's how they actually ran it before obviously COVID restrictions and stuff so it would be um, events that would take place in either Edinburgh or Glasgow maybe in hotels or something Mm -hmm. where everybody came and it was like a big workshop for the full day so fingers crossed next year I'll actually be able to meet people in the flesh who are also on the course and do a big module. We'll talk a wee bit about more what's on the programme shortly, but you mentioned that over the past 12 months, you've really begun to take an interest in climate change and and your own behaviours. Can you tell me where that interest came from? Actually, the first sort of thing I would say really directed me to 
be more interested in all all this stuff, all this stuff about saving the planet and all that jazz, was actually we have a, a PhD student, Emma Kidd. She, um, a lot of her studies focuses on fast fashion mm-hmm. and the waste and the fashion industry. So I was actually doing a bit of work with her and I went to one of her sessions to actually speak to students who had taken part in her fashion detox challenge. So before I went along to this and I was speaking to students, I didn't really know much about the subject of fast fashion and the impact of fast fashion on the environment. And when I went along to our session just to record things and speak to students, I learned so much about this topic and about how detrimental the fashion industry is on climate change and the environment. And yeah, it's just, I, I I don't even know where it was from there. I just found myself starting to naturally read more into it and find things online, find groups online who are coming together to try and tackle the problems that come into play with fast fashion and the fast fashion industry. Um, so it was from there that I started to think, why am I not involved in this already? And attending that session and reading more into it, I just started to think more to myself, what are my reasons for not doing something about it? I kind of started to think, when, when I seen what the students were doing and I seen this um, fashion detox challenge, I thought, there's nothing that's stopping me from doing that. There's nothing stopping me from being part of a group or part of something that's going to be making a change. So from there, I started to look into other things. <laughs> and now I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the fashion detox here. Can you tell me what, what's involved with that? So the fashion detox challenge, it was created by our PhD researcher at GCU, Emma Kidd. And the idea is to any new clothes for 10 weeks, I think it is. Okay. So... Yeah. Yeah, so you're essentially just boycotting all clothing brands or everything for 10 weeks. And this is obviously to encourage people to re-wear clothes that they already have, find ways to kind of delve into the wardrobe and see what other clothes that they've got and basically raise awareness of how much we overconsume fashion and how much we overspend and how much we're engrossed into the industry that is fashion that Mm -hmm. basically makes everyone think and infiltrates us all to believe that we need more and we constantly need to buy so yeah students from GC took part in that and I think it still runs it runs every year and it's quite a big thing now and in fact we actually did a story about her she's been given like she got given accreditation to be on the UN website or something as, as like an official practice of what companies can do to work towards sustainability goals. So, yeah, that's that. It's very interesting. We've done podcasts in the past with Cara Connell and Natasha Radcliffe-Thomas from the fashion department, and they've touched on that, the prevalence of fashion, the, the poor practices that fashion has and, and why as an industry that, that really needs to change. So it's very interesting that you've mentioned that there, Rebecca. But what about stuff away from fashion? Have you changed like how often you use the car? You, you mentioned as well about the materials that you waste when you're, when you're recycling in the household. You, you tell us about that. So I have just tried to, anything, anything that I can do. So obviously the fashion thing was what kind of piqued my interest at the start. But in terms of like recycling and stuff, so I've kind of looked into a bit more about the way things are recycled 
I feel like everyone recycles now. It's, it's so much more like prevalent now. Like everyone knows, like you've got your paper bin, you've got your plastic yes. bin, you've got this and that. But I started to look at it a wee bit more about what actually happens to everything that has been recycled, and I found out a lot of stuff like from reading articles online and finding reports that if things aren't recycled properly, they could just end up in landfill anyway. So things like plastic bottles, if they're not maybe rinsed properly or they've not had the labels removed properly, stuff like that can contaminate a whole batch of stuff that's in trash. It gets put to landfill anyway. So there's a lot of things about it that are like so specific that people don't know about and I didn't know about for years. And you're thinking you're doing a good job with recycling all this stuff, but if it's not done properly, your actions might be void you know and mm-hmm. um, stuff like that and then in terms of everything else like things that I'm using like my toiletries shampoo shower gel stuff like that I've pretty much just been actively trying to buy products that aren't as harsh on the environment and don't have as much of a detrimental impact so stuff like your naked soap bars or naked shampoo bars trying to get a little bit more knowledge about that and using all these sort of things I think something that's really important about all this though and trying to make a change and I see it a lot online with groups that I follow of people that are trying to really actively make changes in their personal lifestyle nobody's perfect (laughs) I still go and go buy a bottle of shampoo if I'm needing to buy it Mm -hmm. I still pot like you know there's there's so much I'm not um, a vegan or vegetarian I still eat meat I try and reduce the meat that I eat now so it's stuff like that like nobody can be perfect and I mean from everything I've just spoke about there is it's quite overwhelming it's overwhelming with the amount of stuff that you can do to live more sustainably and it's overwhelming the stuff that is available to do by so I think that, that a good point about all this is small changes are good to start with because nobody's perfect and we can't all live in huts in the wilderness with um wood you know and (laughs) and, uh, all the rest of it It, it's difficult especially at this day and age it's so so difficult so I think a really important thing is small changes are better than nothing no definitely that's as uh, Scott Hutchison from Frightened Rabbits said make tiny changes so that really ties in with that so we'll talk about the program itself I know that you're, you're taking part in the modules just shortly but you've done the induction so far you tell me what the induction was like so the induction was pretty informal. It was like an hour and a half or something session on Zoom, of course, because restrictions are still in place. The induction was just a case of explaining how the course will run, how it will look, the sort of main topics that will be covered as we go through all the modules. And a lot of it was as well a bit of like interact, a bit of interactive activities to meet all the rest of the people that are going to be participating on the course. So I can't remember how many there is, but th- there was quite a lot. But we had the chance to go into little breakout rooms and do a little picture of the game and stuff. Obviously, just your, your typical icebreakers to meet, meet your pals <laughs> on the course. So it was it was good. But yeah, it was quite interesting to get a little kind of taster of all the stuff that we're going to be covering in the modules to come. Um, I think they did explain that it will be kind of sorted into like if you want to really separate it, just split down the middle, I think half of it's going to be about your personal circumstances and personal changes that you can make. 
and then it will look at more like institutional changes and the environment around you and then that obviously leads to how you are going to develop leadership skills mm -hmm. and whatever whatever you are and your friend your family your workplace all that sort of thing so yeah i'm really really looking forward to starting it it sounds like this program really ties in with the university's mission as the university for the common good. How do you think the skills that you're going to learn in the program you can bring in to the workplace? Well, I think with all the sort of leadership skills that I will learn from this course, it's going to be really helpful to influence the people around me at GCU. Obviously, the university, I know, does so much just now to really work towards sustainable goals. We've already been awarded so many accreditations and certificates for things that we've been doing to actively make changes in sustainability. But yeah, I think this will probably give me, put me in a good stead for starting conversations with people in the university that can help me make changes as well. So whether that's staff or students or societies or groups within the university, I think this is going to give me a really good chance to play an active part in these groups to try and come to come to solutions and come to bring ideas together that are going to make changes because I think before um, and if I was just going into it right now before doing the course I would probably be able to have my sort of input and my opinion on things but I don't have that great knowledge right now of real ways that we can become more sustainable I mean like I said I'm buying my shampoo bars and I'm buying secondhand clothing that's like very small things just now like I think this course is going to give me a really good bit more information about what is actually happening as well yeah. because we know all these little things are making good changes but I think this is hopefully going to make me more aware of what actually is climate change like what does this all mean what yeah. what is actually happening to the planet and what do we need what is it that we actually need to do to stop the really bad things from happening <laughs> This program, the way you're talking about this program, Rebecca, it sounds like it sounds almost essential that people should have this kind of knowledge, not just young people that are participating in the course, but, but older people, people into their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Do you think that the public are well informed about climate change and its consequences? I think people are becoming a lot more informed now. This I don't know if this is the situation of because I'm involved in this sort of thing in this programme now that I'm seeing everything about climate change everywhere. But I do think that obviously with COP26 coming up as well, it's everywhere. When you see advertisements on the TV now, when you see advertisements for clothing brands, I think everyone and all uh, most companies feel are feeling the pressure now to really make changes and not only make changes with their own company, but actually address the fact that they are aware that they need to do stuff within their companies yeah. to work more sustainably and more ethically. I went on a tangent there. What was the actual question you were asking me there? About... Are the public well informed enough about climate change? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, like I said, people are becoming more informed, but I think there's still a lot of people that probably don't realise how serious the issues are regarding climate change and like you were saying about people of different ages I do think it's so important for people of all ages to be knowledgeable about it a lot of focus is on young people getting this education and although that is so important people of all ages can make changes now and like you'll read in articles about people working towards sustainable goals and everything 
little changes all add up to big effects. So it's, it is important for young people, obviously, to know so much about this because they're the ones that are going to be growing up and coming through school and through university. And they're, they're essentially the ones that are going to be on the planet longer. <laughs> but also people of my age, I'm 25 and above, I just think it's so important for everyone to know about it, especially in terms of encouraging each other to make the right choices. Because I think those that aren't as informed as well, it's it's a kind of knock-on effect thing. I've read this in like a couple of books about it as well. Like people are so much more likely to start making changes if they hear that their friends or their family or someone else has done something. But yeah, I, I think people are, are quite knowledgeable about it but probably more could be done to basically reiterate how serious it is. You mentioned about COP26 taking place in Glasgow, Rebecca. That's going to be kicking off in about six weeks' time. What are your thoughts for COP26? Yeah, well, it's exciting. It's something so huge for Glasgow. Obviously, we all, we all, and all Glaswegians love it when something this big happens in the city, don't we? We're all like, woohoo! <laughs> um, <laughs> apart from the fact that the city will be on shutdown and nobody will be able to get across the Kingston Bridge. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think, I think it's going to be really, really good. What I will say is I think because of how big it is, I think some people are finding it quite hard to kind of get on board with how to get involved and how to understand what's actually happening. Because although I'm involved in um, this Climate 2050 programme and I'm helping promote some of the things that are happening within GCU, even I'm still a bit like, I'm confused about everything that's going on. So yeah, there is going to be a lot lot happening, but I think it's such a great thing because of how many big names on campus, basically, your Beanox, because of how many like influential figures are going to be attending, I think this will hopefully draw people all, all over the world, not just in Glasgow, not just in Scotland, people all over the world to really kind of focus on, I need to be more knowledgeable about what all this is about. So like I was just saying, more knowledgeable about how serious the issues are around climate change. I think that's hopefully one thing that this big event will bring. And yeah, I think, um, like I said, like this programme, I know that the organisers and people that are involved in volunteers are trying to make it as accessible as possible as well, which is great because, again, it's just something that everyone, no matter what age you are, if you're a student, you're working for a shop, you're working, you're high, you're high up kind of, you're a manager of a big company, like everyone should be getting involved and getting to know about it. Something we've touched on that I'm, I'm looking to explore a wee bit further. You mentioned about the, the Climate Group's Young Leaders Development Programme. That's all about taking a personal and a, a civic responsibility and making, making tiny changes, making small changes that can make a difference. But as a person, there's only so much you can do. Do you really think that corporations, big business, institutions need to do more to reduce their carbon footprint and, and lower their carbon emissions? Yeah, it's definitely difficult for um, an individual to read about all this stuff, read about climate change and try and think, oh, how is my actions going to make such big changes? Like surely it's big organisations and it's companies that are working in ways that are damaging in the environment. But I think it's quite an important thing to realise that even if you're involved in it, you're raising awareness throughout all different communities and all different groups. So the more you're speaking about it and the more that this conversation is happening amongst places the more people 
like different communities and different groups, the awareness is going to be raised. Therefore, this effectively puts more pressure on larger companies. But it definitely is true that obviously individuals can only do so, so much. Um, I've spoke a lot about the fast fashion industry. Clothing companies, for example, talking about fashion in this sense and these in big labels and big fashion brands, it's fine to start making changes and start buying secondhand and buying from charity shops and doing your little bit. But yeah, like fashion companies have huge steps to take to become more sustainable and reach sustainable goals that is going to help the future, particularly because fashion brands that are offering clothes that are maybe made ethically or organically can be really, really expensive. Mm-hmm. And it's not everybody can buy from these brands and these online stores or whatever that are offering you clothes that are guilt-free, let's say. They can be extremely expensive. So like students, for example, like here are people who obviously don't have great amount of money to spend on clothing if they need it. It's obvious that they are going to go for these fast fashion brands like Boohoo, Misguided, all the ones that you get online. And it's so, they're so popular. So it, it is so difficult. And that that is why there is such a huge responsibility for these companies to more do something about it and change even the way that they're communicating mm-hmm. about their brands and companies. Because, yeah, I know, I, do, and I, I feel like I keep going around in circles here, but it's just, this is where my passion comes in, Craig. No, this is, this is hugely interesting, Rebecca. This is hugely interesting. And just listening to you talk about it, it's, it's actually... It's actually difficult not to get excited about it. You talk so passionately, and I do find it very interesting. Sort of just being able to able to make small changes in your own personal life can can go on to make a big difference. But I want to finish with 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 a question: If you had advice for someone similar age, similar position to yourself that was thinking of of taking more responsibility as to their waste products, and what advice would you give them? Hmm. Hmm. Let me let me ponder. I think probably just have a Google about what you can do. If you go into Google and type in, how can I live more sustainably or sustainable brands? There is so much options now for anyone to be more sustainable. Apart from recycling and stuff like that, your food, all that kind of stuff. If you fancy trying to go veggie, that's a huge big thing. If you fancy going vegan, do it. If you don't want to do that, maybe try and eat less meat. Packaging as well is just such a huge thing. Be more aware of when you're in shops, like what does, when you look at different things and you look at things that you can pick up, just try and look for stuff that you think if it's recyclable and all that sort of thing. And the clothing thing, obviously this has been such a like thing that I just ran on about all the time. Just stop buying clothes. <laughs> <laughs> my, my advice to anyone who wants to be more sustainable in the fashion industry or in, in, in terms of fashion is just don't buy as much you don't need it and there's so much options out there for buying secondhand sites like Depop, Vinted all the rest of it it's a thought but see when you get into it and you start doing it you feel better for doing it and you, you know it's, it's little changes that could make a huge huge impact in the long run yeah, that was a lot of advice. <laughs> well, Rebecca, that was absolutely fantastic. It has been 
brilliant to talk to you. Your enthusiasm really shines through. And I, I wish you all the best of luck for the programme. And I, I look forward to catching up with you, maybe at some point in the future, to find out what you've learned and, and how you're going to take that forward. So thank you so much for your time today. Really enjoyed that. Perfect. Thank you, Craig. Thanks. I'd also like to thank everyone for listening to this episode and I hope you'll join us again soon when we'll be in conversation with another member of the GCU community to talk about the superb work that's going on in and around the institution. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you get every episode sent straight to your listening device. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and pretty much everywhere else. Until then, I've been Craig Telfer and this has been The Common Good Podcast. Podcast.